Welcome to the ECG Podcast, a show where some East Coast buddies who have never met in person gather remotely once a week to hang out and discuss our love of video games. On this week's episode for February the 7th, 2020, we're doing some catching up on some of the games we've been playing. I'm Chris Waterman, one of your hosts from Jacksonville, Florida. Tonight, I'm joined by George Arevalo from Miami, Florida. What's up? What's up? We got Robbie Bobby Miller back after some some absence there, unexpected uh, rough patches. Uh, glad to have you back, Bobby. Of course, from Baltimore, yeah. Maryland. Yes, yes. Between a holdup and almost losing my toe, I, it's been it's been fun. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah, my yeah. my heart was going out to you uh, as we were talking in the Discord. Uh, well, hopefully this is going to be your month and, <laughs> and all that's behind you, man. I, yes, usually the even years, twenty twenty, seems like it's it's going good. All right, cool. Well, uh, hopefully it continues. And then a bit later, we'll probably have uh, Zach Cassell from uh, Boston hop in the Discord. He's uh, currently en route uh, back from an evening dinner. So uh, each of us is going to just take a little bit of time. Think of it as an extended what we've been playing, where we do like a, a very deep dive into the games that we've been playing to give some thoughtful analysis. So um, George, do you want to start or do you want me to kick it off? What's your preference? Um, I could do it since, uh, yeah, you probably have the most like, uh, I, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Recent or, or relevant game and one that you've played to completion. So you, you have, yeah, um, it'll also be a little bit more one-sided yours. Yours will have a little bit more, uh, <laughs> interact group interaction and, and I'm sure, um, Zach can chime in a bit more with yours too. Absolutely. But, uh, well, I'll have plenty of questions about yours. So that's, that's the yeah. good thing. Cause I'm curious, um, about that, but, uh, go ahead and tell us what your game is and, uh, you know, give us your overall impressions first, and then we'll have yeah, awesome so, questions. So I've, uh, I've, you know, just recently completed Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Finished it to completion, hundred percented it. Every achievement in the game. Um, you know, I had read online that it would take upwards of eighty to hundred hours to do this. Um, that is certainly not the case, as I hundred percented it and did everything that you could possibly do uh, in just about fifty-five hours which is super reasonable and surprisingly deep. Um, I, I love the game. I, I really did. I, I see a lot of the criticism that came its way, but um, I also felt like it's a game where, like, if you can kind of appreciate for what it is, um, it's something that you can really, really enjoy. Um, for me, I think it's, it's definitely a game that is more for the Dragon Ball Z fan. Or for someone who has, who wants to get into it, wants to know a little bit about, you know, what the game is all about, but maybe doesn't necessarily want to commit to a, um, you know, to such a massive anime, right? And watching it episode by episode. Um, for for that person, there's also um, a, in a like an abridged version of Dragon Ball Z called Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is basically they remove all the filler episodes and just kind of run you through the key stuff. But that's kind of what I felt like this game was. It is by far the most comprehensive retelling of that Dragon Ball Z story. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, Dragon Ball is split up into sort sort of eras, right? Dragon Ball was, you know, when Goku's a kid and then he grows up. Uh, but that's that that's one era. Then Dragon Ball Z, it's it's, it's a separate series that comes after. Um, and then there's Dragon Ball GT, which is not canon, and then what's currently going on right now, which is Dragon Ball Super. So this kind of follows you through the the heart of the story, you know, um, 
And I feel like the game captures like 95% of it, which is really cool. So uh, for me, what I enjoyed was in every other Dragon Ball Z game that I've played, um, there's been, I don't know, man, probably like 100 different Dragon Ball games that have been out there. And the more popular ones, like the fighting ones, like Xenoverse and Budokai, basically what they just did is just retold the story and you just got to participate in the fights. All you got to see was the fights and um, from you know moment to moment and that's it. But there wasn't anything that happened in between. Here, um, since it's like an RPG iteration of the story, you're getting to play as as Goku, uh, which is the main character. You also, you also, there's also a couple other playable characters that you can play as like a main character, um, as well as several support characters that are throughout the game. But what's pretty cool about this is that you get to do a lot of the um, moment to moment stuff, the stuff that kind of gives Dragon Ball Z its personality. Uh, one of the moments that really sticks out to me, and it might sound silly to you guys, but it was kind of like a really funny episode and funny time, um, which is essentially when Goku is forced to get a driver's license. So him and, and Piccolo, which is the green guy, are basically forced to go to a driving school in which, um, you know, these guys could fly everywhere. These guys are some of the most powerful people on the planet, um, but never bothered to get a driver's license. So they're basically competing with each other at the driving school, racing each other, trying to, com you know, trying to complete everything faster and better than the other. Um, which is like a silly, you know, episode or storyline that's going on, but seeing that captured in the game and then turned into like a mini game where you're kind of racing and stuff like that was kind of cool. It was just kind of neat. Like that attention to detail was, um, was, was, was pretty fun because those are the things that I had forgotten over time. Those are the things that I, you know, you know, all the big fights, you know, what happens, you know, who dies, who comes back, so on and so forth. But those little things in between, you kind of forget about. And there is a ton of original Dragon Ball lore all throughout the game um, that can be found. Um, you know, it's it's one of the few games where I cared about seeing that lore, getting those, like, kind of refreshing my my mind as to all those things that I had experience as a kid. I thought was super cool. Um, the combat itself, simple but effective. Uh, it's relatively easy. It borders somewhere between like hack and slash in a way. Um, and kind of combo fighting. It, it wasn't as in-depth as the Xenoverse games, like what I was expecting. Um, you know, it was it was pretty simple. And once you kind of got the hang of it, there wasn't a whole lot of degree of difficulty. I wish there were degrees of difficulty in the game, but from what I understood, from what I saw, there is only one difficulty. Um, and once you get pretty powerful early on, you know, you don't really have a much of a hard time with anything as long as you're of level. Um, but overall, it was still kind of fun. It just felt like you were kind of re-experiencing the story, more so than playing some complex game. Uh, the thing that I will say is regarding the side quests, which was probably one of the bigger criticisms that the game got. Side quests in the game are pretty um, uh, kind of weak. They don't. They lack a lot of depth. Um, they are. It's either a fetch quest in which you're fetching materials um, for someone to build or make something or you are just beating something up um that was kind of the criticism that they had some of the side quests had some in-depth story to it but it was maybe i'd say like less than 10 percent of the side quests had any meaningful meat to them 
other than a couple lines from from old characters and stuff like that. So I definitely understand the criticism in that regard. I just felt like the side quests weren't that much of a burden um, that that I found it annoying to do. I enjoyed just kind of beating something up. They were very quick. There's only a handful. At you know the game, the game's pacing is very good. It has a series of intermissions, which is basically like free play time. And you can progress with the story once you're ready and done. Um, so I thought that that was kind of cool. And I, I didn't feel like I was overburdened by doing a bunch of side quests. And I was able to kind of complete everything as it as it went on. But the side quests are definitely kind of weak and, and didn't have much to it, to be honest. Um, but other than that, I really don't have any complaints on the game. Um, it just was it was just fun. It was just a lot of fun. Um, from start to finish, something I looked forward to playing every day, even though you know where the story is going to go, um, what what's going to happen, just kind of experiencing it firsthand was was a was a lot of fun, man. I really do recommend it. I don't think if you have next to no interest in Dragon Ball Z, I don't think you'll find the game particularly captivating unless you find drag unless you start to find Dragon Ball Z captivating. If that makes sense, you know. Like, I don't think it's a, it, it, it's very much one of those games where the skin of Dragon Ball Z, the story that comes with it and the retelling of it, uh, gives the game all its personality. Um, so if it's not something that you, that you might, that you are either into or could see yourself getting into, it probably won't be your cup of tea. Um, you might find it a little bit too silly. But someone that, like me, loves that shit, man, I, I fucking love the game. Um, and for their first real like RPG style of this type of game like this, I, you know, I, I think it's it's excellent. And if they end up doing another game in terms of either DLC or if, if uh, maybe they do the same type of thing with Dragon Ball Super, I feel like it could only get better uh, and be that much more exciting. I will say one other criticism I forgot to note looking here at my notes was the xp and level system they tried to make it seem like any other rpg you know you beat things up you get xp your character levels up however this game kind of throws that shit out out the window the side quests themselves a lot of them and fighting just random random encounters give you very little xp um but progressing through the story you get massive amounts of xp that seem to have no rhyme or reason to it you know it seems like the game wants you to be a certain level at certain stages of the games and it'll do whatever it takes to get you there so i felt like there was really no no real reward for quote-unquote grinding um there's really no point in doing it um so I, I thought that that was weird you know you 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 know progress a certain part of the story and get like some crazy number of xp like Two million four hundred and three thousand five hundred and sixty-two actually, some shit like that. Like, doesn't even make any sense. Um, I thought it was kind of weird, but um, but on that man, I, I enjoyed my experience a lot, man. I, I it's a really really fun game. Um, I think a seven point five is like the fair somewhere between a seven and an eight. Uh, I think it's probably the fairest way to rate that game. Um, but not something you might be into if, if you're not a fan. I do have like a few questions. So what's the format? Uh, like what's the genre and what's the kind of gameplay loop like in this game? Like, can you kind of explain a little bit? Um, 
because it's a fighting game, right? But there's kind of like walk aroundy bits. Yeah. Like, so can you just it's explain? An RPG. It's an RPG first. This is a, that was the whole point of this game is that it's supposed to be an RPG. It's a gotcha. RPG. So it's very much um, a semi open world. Well, I guess I would say it's an open world RPG. Um, you know, it's just the some of the RPG elements are are a little bit basic for a game. You know, of of, of this day and age. Um, think like, uh, let me see, like, you know, your traditional RPGs from back in the day, like something like, uh, say Legend of Dragoon, right? Where you'd be, I don't know if you've ever played that, but that style where you can just go out in the area, have random encounters, you know, just beat up enemies where you would think would be a good way of leveling up. Uh, the only problem is that it's not though. There's just basically random encounters at any, at any moment. You can see them, you can avoid them if you want. Um, there's different towns, cities, um, and things like that to do out in the open area. So it's very much RPG first. And then once you get into certain parts of the story, you will meet up at certain locations for a big fight or several big fights and things like that. The fights themselves are more like a fighting game or still no? Like hack, like hack and slash? Like The fights themselves are... Uh, yeah, they're kind of like hack and slash, but um, I mean, if you haven't played the Xenoverse games, that's that's kind of how the fighting is. I mean, you're flying, right? So that's what makes it difficult is that you can go up and, you know, up in the air, up in the water, uh, down in water, uh, full, you know, 360 in every direction. So the, you know, the actual combat, for example, there's really only one button that that's for punching and kicking, right? Like uh, B is, I think it was B. With B, you punch. With X, you shoot beams. Uh, with A, you basically kind of teleport throughout the arena. And, the, you know, just by mashing B multiple times, that's how you you start doing your combos. Okay. Um, the tricky part is that the, the boss, since it's a single-player-only game, there is no multiplayer. The good thing is that they can give, they don't have to worry about balancing. So they can give, like, big boss fights abilities that you'll never be able to use or that you will never you won't really see anywhere else because they can be kind of one-sided, like kind of just meant fuck with you. So you, you can hack and slash your way through the game, but you have to learn how to block and avoid attacks. Um, otherwise, you know, you'll get your ass kicked because they have several attacks that are unblockable, uh, several attacks that need to be timed. So there is some nuance to the fighting of the bosses, but, um, but it's not like a super complex system by any means. Gotcha. Okay. Um, how how long would you say the base game is? Like without doing the side stuff, since you said the side stuff was a bit. Uh, so it's so it's, it's kind of weird. So I I would look at the side quests almost a little bit like, obviously not in detail and depth as the game, but think of the pacing of uh, Red Dead Redemption, right? Where side quests would pop up for a period of time. And only a few, and then they would go away, and then you'd progress through more of the story, and then some other ones would come up. You remember? Um, it didn't feel like you just had this massive amounts of side quests. So for me, I did every side quest I could as I got through the as I went as I progressed through the main game. I finished the main game and all the side quests up to that moment at at like forty-ish hours. Um, so I, I say I would say that if you straight up skipped the side quests and like ignore them, even though they really don't take that much time, 
um, to do them, you know, at your intermissions in the game. If you, I guess if you ignored them, you could probably beat the game in maybe 30 hours, I would say. Um, but I feel like it, you know, I don't know why anybody would play that like that. It, it doesn't make much sense for, for the way that this game is paced. I will say one other thing that that stuck out to me that I thought was pretty cool was this game had like um, this thing called a community board. And what I thought, I thought it was like an online thing, but it's not. So as you play through the game and you beat characters or bring them back to life and fight them and, you know, make them part of your group, you would get almost what's called a soul emblem, which is like a, say like an icon or like a, almost like a card of that character. And there's this board that would have several sections. Uh, think of it like almost like a skill tree, but not really because you had your own separate skill tree for your abilities. But you could basically place this this character's icon anywhere on this board. And this character would have certain um, certain different areas that it would be stronger in. So, for example, it would have like a cooking ability, a cooking level. Uh, a training level, a god level, like these different things. And you would put them on the board and depending on who you would pair them with and how much you would fill them up or level them up, it would give you bonuses for the game. So it'll make your cooking ability stronger. It'll make your you know certain base attacks do more damage, which I thought it was like a really neat way of kind of building a, a roster and modifying the way the game plays out by building this board i did find that to be pretty interesting and fun because you can kind of like tailor the the natural abilities that your character will have based on tinkering with this board which uh which i thought was kind of interesting and neat that was pretty unique very cool um bobby or zach who just uh, joined us a little while ago do you guys have any questions on dragon ball no it looks good but no. Yeah, I've always admired them, those games from afar, right? Like, they're yes. one of those things where, like, I get stoked every time somebody else gets stoked and one comes out. It looks mm -hmm. gorgeous, like, to me, from what little I know about Dragon Ball. Always looks very authentic. Um, you know, like, uh, the hype trailers and stuff that I see. Um, where would you put this in the echelon of, like, dra other Dragon Ball games? Like, like... It's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough, right? Because of the different ways that you can tell the story in a, in a game right it's by far the best adventure game and it is by far by far by far the best retelling of the the dragon ball z story of any game not even close um from the fighting mechanics it is it's not not as intuitive or as deep as the the ones that are designed to be fighting games like mm -hmm. fighter z is like a street fighter type game which a lot of arcade style, really cool, really good. And then Xenoverse is just like this, you know, this is closer to Xenoverse. So I'd put it up probably in the top five fighting fighting wise. But, you know, if I had a friend who wanted to get into Dragon Ball Z or wanted to know about it and, and wanted to play a game, this is the game that I would recommend. I wouldn't recommend any of the other ones. This is the one that I would recommend for someone who doesn't know anything about Dragon Ball Z and kind of wants to see what's up this is the this is the game that i would recommend for sure so i don't <clears throat> excuse me i don't know if you already answered this because i did come in a little late but um for somebody that has 
watched the whole series and everything is does the game throw anything at you that's a surprise or a twist or is it literally just the story very straightforward so it is no there is, they don't change anything in the story there is like maybe a a couple of like hidden bosses towards the end of the game nothing that really impacts the story it is a straight retelling of the story just the 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 biggest thing is that it tells you all the little stuff that happens in between like you know go the village stuff care. Yeah, the stuff that happens in the village, him like training, um, you know, the stuff from the future, like all the little stuff that you, if you, you know, unless you watch a series like within the past year, shit that you'd forgot about, man, things that you forgot happened, and you're like, oh my god, I remember this, I remember, like that, uh, I thought was really cool. So the the character development, you get to see, you get to see just how like you know Vegeta changes over time. He goes from a villain to to a you know, a good, kind-hearted person, all this stuff, like, the way that the character grows, the rises and falls, you get to see that built up uh, the way that it that it was meant to. And where does, where does the game's story end? Like, what saga? So it begins, obviously, with the Saiyan saga, with the arrival of Vegeta and Nappa. Well, excuse me, with the arrival of Raditz, right? And then it ends, it's, it's Dragon Ball Z all the way through. So it ends after the, the Buu saga. Gotcha. So there's the data mine some stuff and it looks like there's uh they might have some DLC for the movies or some stuff that trend trends into super. I guess it might have to do something more with the movies because I feel like if this game does as well as I think that it did, I could see them doing this version but for super. Gotcha. Yeah, I usually only picked up the DBZ games for the fighting, just to have like another fighting game to have, you know, like when friends come over and stuff, like similar to Mortal Kombat or whatever. So, yeah. seeing as I already played, I mean, not played, seeing as I already know the entire Dragon Ball Z story, uh, something that I, I don't think I'll, I'll pick up personally. But I'm glad, I'm glad that a lot of people are liking it. Like I know a couple people personally that picked it up and are really enjoying it. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you seem to like it too. Yeah, I did see that. Like some people were like, when I was reading reviews and, and and thoughts, I did see a lot of people saying like, how many times are we gonna have this story retold to us? Um, and I get that sentiment because most of the games are are kind of doing that. But I can assure you, it is not like this. Nothing like this at all. Um, so this 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 game definitely does that so much better than all the other ones before it. That that it made it worthwhile for me for sure. Sweet, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, who would like to talk about their game next, or do you guys want me to go? What's what's the scoop? You can go. Mine, I don't really have much. Uh, I mean, I, I can go if you want. Uh, I mean, I, I talked about the game uh, before. Uh, I finally beat Greedfall now, though. Um, I remember telling you guys how the game could possibly jump up to an 8.5. Um, when I had it, uh, I was sitting at an eight, and I'm going to leave it at an eight. Um, if I was to slap a number on it, um, the game is uh, super solid. Um, I looked up, and and don't don't take like the name that I'm throwing out. Like, how dare you compare it to this? Because like I, I I'm not comparing it to the latest installment, but. After reading a bunch of reviews on it and looking up into the game after I had beaten it and everything, uh, I had seen a lot of comparisons to The Witcher 1. Um, 
in the sense that like it was i guess cd project red really uh like starting to you know gain traction and all that and and prove that they can put out a solid quality rpg and everything like that but it still had its jankiness to it um uh the gameplay wasn't the best but the story and the characters were really good and all that so it's kind of similar in that aspect but uh i would just real quick like some pros and cons on the on the game uh some pros uh the characters are awesome um from your character who uh I guess if if you like RPGs where you build out and flesh out your character 100%, that's that's not this. You they kind of give them a preset um attitude and all that. You are a a, a legate of the merchant congregation. Your name is De Sarde. And uh you're pretty much like a, a um a diplomat and you you're tasked with going to a new island with your cousin who is going to be the governor of the island and you are pretty much his uh, diplomat. You go around and you're trying to broker peace between um, some warring factions. And in the meantime, you're trying to cure the Malachor, which is like a plague type deal that is um, ravaging uh, the mainland and uh, pretty much just causing, you know, widespread population like, death and so your main goal is to go and be a diplomat your your uh side mission i guess is to try and cure this this disease it's infected your mother at the beginning of the game she's very very sick and now you go and you see her right at the beginning right before you journey off to the island so that's like your motivation in your back pocket to get the cure for this disease um but yeah, it's really cool. The game starts off uh, kind of like any RPG. You start off with one companion and you're going around, you're doing basic, you know, little fetch quests and everything. And then you have to fight one of the big monsters from the island right away. And uh, that, that's pretty cool because it kind of just like gives you an idea of what of what's to come uh, when you get to the island and everything. And uh, I don't want to spoil what the creatures are and everything because it's pretty cool. Like once you find out uh, the history behind them and all that. Yeah, don't, because it sounds like a game that I'm going to consider picking up, because it sounds like something that's going to go on sale very cheap, eventually. <laughs> yeah, uh, I picked it up, I think, for only... It was on sale on, on the Xbox for like 25 bucks, I think, or something. And I think it was definitely definitely worth the money. Um, it's kind of like your uh, like colonial age type deal. Um uh, you know, you have like uh, blunderbusses and re- revolvers and cutlasses and all that, and uh, you know, big war hammers and stuff, and claymore swords. Sounds like our made-up game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's definitely now that you say that, and I remember some of the stuff we talked about. It's like crazy. Uh, what was that? What was our guy's name? Reginald Thorn. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, it, it sounds like Dredgen. I know pictures of the game, and I'm like, hey. look, I mean, we can talk about what he looked like, but this is what I pictured him looking like. Yeah, he's in this game. They made it just for us. But no, man, it's 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 really cool. Like, um, you you get, I think, what is it, six, five or six companions, and each one of them are are, are really cool. You. Um, get to do their side quests, you know, and and if you want to do their side quests, you get to learn more about them. You get to learn 
um, you know, their backstories and everything and what drove them to be where they are when you meet them and all that. And, uh, you know, and you get a, a lot of the lore of the island and the backstory of the of the world and the characters and all that from doing the side missions. Uh, because like I said, you are a, you're a diplomat in the game. So you spend a lot of the game going around talking to people, um, which, uh, usually I'm like, Oh, you know, I kind of want to break this up and, and get to the action, but the action is actually the, the weaker point of the game. It's not horrible by any means, but it's not, uh, the best either. It's, it's, eh, it's it's tolerable. It, it's it's not frequent enough to where you're doing it so much that you're like, oh, if this was the majority of the game, it would not be fun. And so, luckily, like I said, you do a lot more uh, being a diplomat than you do action. Not to say that there isn't action, because there definitely is. And when you are fighting like some of the cool creatures and everything, you know, uh, it, it's cool. Because like I said uh, the other time when I talked about the game, you can pause time. You know, like like other RPGs, and tactically, you know, put out spells and all that, and uh, use your potions and all that. Uh, all the that whole uh, rigmarole there. But um, yeah, and so yeah, all the you know your your companions and everything are super cool. Um, each one of them's like from a different uh, faction, so it's cool. Like. You build relationships with them, and it helps your relationships with those factions too. Um, the better your relationship with these people, um, the some different stuff could happen with these factions when you go do certain missions. So a lot of the stuff that you do in the world uh, has has an impact, and you it doesn't tell you like um, doesn't tell you if like if that action is going to have an impact. Like there are there are very obvious choices where. You know, it says you either do the A or B, and you know clearly those ones are going to have consequences. But there are some times where you can just have regular conversations, and you know if you have certain people companions with you, like the conversations can play out differently and stuff. And I found that really interesting because it made me keep want to switch out my companions to try and get those different conversations. When I went and visited the different people, I would you know, switch them out when I would go visit this person one time. When I come back, I'd have different companions to see how those conversations would differ and if it would open up anything else in the world and all that. So uh, speaking of the world, it's not really open world, but uh, open area. Uh, you go to different uh, towns or villages or, um, you know, wilderness areas and, and you explore um, these zones or whatever you want to call them. Um, and you can open them up and find campsites throughout the area so you can fast travel between them, which thank God, because you do so much backtracking in this game and it, it's kind of, it's, it's a very big annoyance um, because it's so much you could like fast travel to one place, go talk to like the leader of a clan, go back to another village, talk to the other leader, go to the town, tell the town what both of the people in the village said go back to each village, tell the villages what the people from the town said. And like, oh man, it just, it would get annoying sometimes how many, how many times you would have to fast travel. And uh, I mean, luckily the loading screens aren't too long. And when you do fast travel, they dump you into a, an area where you can talk to your companions or buy and sell items or, you know, stock up on potions or, you know, change your companions out and all that. So 
I mean, it gives you something to do in between that time, but it's just, you do so much of it. It just got annoying after a while and the world's not built for like a mount or anything. So that would be weird. So I feel like on their next drive, they could just maybe open that world up a little bit, give you something to ride on, make traveling between these places a little bit more fun. Cause uh, a lot of the areas also look the same. Uh, a lot of the big palaces that you go in are laid out exactly the same and everything. So you've seen one building, you've seen them all. Um, different colors, different, maybe a couple of different things in the buildings, but the layout's exactly the same. Um, but you know, um, for, a, I would say this is what, like a double a game. Like I, I, I get that there were like budget limitations and all that. So I think they did the best with like what they had in, they put a lot of their focus in the areas I think were most important with the story, the characters, um, the lore of the world and, um, you know, just making those things fun to explore. And not, like I said, not that the combat's terrible in the game or anything, but it's just not the shining point that makes the game uh, stand out. So luckily those aspects of the game that do stand out may, uh, kept me uh, pushing forward in the story and everything to keep going. Um, I did all the side quests in the game. Um, the only thing I didn't do, I think, was find um, all these pages of notes that you have to find. Uh, but everything else I did, I felt compelled to do them because I knew that I wanted to get certain outcomes at the end. And I, you know, the way I played my guy, I just, you know, knew that he would want to tie up, you know, those loose ends. So, you you know, you always play a diplomat. You kind of always have a positive attitude, your guy, like no matter what. So even if you do like negative decisions your character feels bad if he has to do them and stuff. So you can't like go through like mass effect and just full rogue play through and Shepard just doesn't care what he does. If he slaughters anybody or what he does, this guy, you know, he, he kind of has a heart and everything. So even when he has to make the tough choice and everything, you can, you can tell that the character like feels something when he has to do it. And I, mean, I thought that was pretty cool that um, he, you know, you can't just go go through the game and be an evil villain or anything. This guy still has a heart, and it kind of makes you, uh, you know, feel those decisions that you're making. Because even though you make it, you could be like, ah, oh, well, look how this guy's reacting, and it made my companion react this way, and now I feel like an asshole. So, um, you know, I thought I thought they did pretty good, uh, good design choice doing it that way instead of just letting you go full, full good or full evil. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I would I definitely give it a solid eight. Um, the facial animations and everything, the when people are talking, they're not always the best. Um, but man, yeah, the the world that they built, the story, the characters, and everything, man, like the stuff that you learn, like the deeper you get into the game, it fleshes everything out, and you're like, ah, oh, man, it, it really makes like the journey through the game, um, you know, with the 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 hiccups that it does have, uh, worth it. So what? So from what I was seeing in reviews for the game, so it seemed like the game was missing a couple of things just to make it like separating it from good and great. Uh, are they things that you just expect from a, a double A title, or do you think you know? You mentioned it was rough around the edges. Like, where what are the game's shortcomings? Without without any spoilers, of course. Um, yeah, like I said, the the combat in the game's definitely janky. Um, locking on to enemies and everything can be kind of difficult. Um, um, this, like the sword play itself and the magic itself is, is not like 
super exciting and everything. You um, have to worry about balance a lot in the game too. It's it's an attribute you have to build up, and you have um, talent points. I think attributes and skill points. Skill points are the things that you get every time you level up that you can put in put into like um, agility or endurance to like be able to wear the best armors or wield the best swords or, you know, two-handed swords or one-handed swords and building up um, these, the skills and the talents, the skills are things like lock picking and charisma. Um, charisma allows you to like um, open up different dialogue choices to be able to like convince people to do things that you want them to do and stuff. And then uh, talents, I think, are, um, oh man, there's three. I don't, I don't want to say what it is off the top of my head and speak on it wrong. But there's three different trees. Skill points you get every time you level up. The other two you get every few levels and stuff. So you have to strategically build out how you want your guy to be. So that was just to give you a, a, a brief glimpse into how, how you level your guy up and everything, but the combat that you level up in those trees and everything in, in the skill tree, you can like um, get like traps and bombs and stuff, or you can go um, heavy into like two handed weapons. So you could use like big axes or um, scythes or stuff like that. Or you could go the firearm route where you have, um, you could use the best and most powerful um, either revolvers or rifles or blunderbusses. You can go the magic route or, route or any one of those, but like they don't really um, offer up a huge variety of play style. Like you're kind of going through the game the same way almost the entire time. It's not until you start fighting some of the bigger enemies that you have to change up how you do stuff. So. Um, it almost feels like a lot of the armor and stuff that you get is how you want to look up until you get to certain points where um, the the armor and your balance and everything matter because you'll start getting knocked over a lot by certain beasts or certain enemies. So, I don't know. The, the combat itself was just, it was pretty stiff. Um, locking on the enemies wasn't fun. The enemy variety wasn't incredible um i would say about five six hours into the game you might like see all of the basic type enemies that you're gonna see throughout the game um they might throw i don't know maybe one or two at you that you might see occasionally as you get further in but other than the 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 creatures the monsters that you fight uh you don't see too wide variety of enemy types do you think this could be like a uh, similar to like Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 2 or like a Mass Effect to Mass Effect 2 where like, you know, as much as I love the first Mass Effect, like you basically have like a couple different types of geth. You have like the Thorian enemies and the um, what are the, the little the husk or whatever. And that's essentially, yeah, like occasionally you have like a Krogan enemy or something like that, but it's pretty limited. Assassin's Creed, you know, also... Like the original, if you go back and look at that game, there's a oh, lot of, kind of copy and pasting and stuff. But like the core, the nugget there was something special. Do you think like if they do a sequel to Greedfall, it it could be something that has like wider appeal and maybe like you know like if they increase the scope and stuff, it could be something 
you know, that seven, uh, five, eight, um, you know, that seems like most people are kind of placing it at could be like a nine or, you know, a nine, five. Definitely. I I could see it just because like you said, they, they have like the core of, of a great game. It's just, they need to be able to, um, uh, like, I don't know. I'm thinking like this. I, I'm thinking of uh, just my picture in my head. This is what I thought of, like a bush, right? And there's a bunch of like branches that are sticking out. And if they can carve those branches out and flesh out the bush to make it look pretty and nice, like, yeah, it could definitely uh, jump up to that nine range. You know, Mass Effect is perfect because the gameplay in Mass Effect One is so bad, and it made the game hard to get through but the story and the characters in that game was so good that it just compelled you to want to move forward and, and it wasn't even just the like the um uh the combat mass effect one that was rough but you think like all the systems and that you know like like all the menus that you're in swapping stuff out of your guns you got like 10 versions of every gun you know like oh yeah and leveling up like your shotguns versus sniper rifles and all that and that whereas like to oh, man. man they stripped all that away when you found a gun it was special um you know you, your skill trees you could digest pretty easily like looking at them like what you're gonna do um how everything worked together and then you know like just of course like the combat was much much tighter as far as like the cover to cover it felt like gears you know a little bit with the uh, the biotic abilities and stuff like that so um yeah i think a lot you i mean we all know like traditionally sequels are the best uh not the best uh better than the original um you know games for the most part just because there's all that experience and time like it, there's less time spent on world building in terms of like having to create the new ip and more time spent on like refining the mechanics and you know they're usually developers are usually able to hit the ground running also this game sounds a lot like like when i was uh been recommending and recommending to you uh like it's just like uh you know, like an under the radar, you know, fun game that has a lot to offer, you know. Um, but you also can't compare like Assassin's Creed and and Mass Effect and you know, you got Ubisoft and Bioware compared to what's it, who's this developed by? Spiders? Spiders, yep. Yeah. You know, that's that's well I would I didn't mean so much like in terms of like budget or anything like that, but more like but that's what that's what it seems like the this is this game's shortcomings come from you know like some yeah. of the things you you wouldn't ex- like it's almost i don't know the way that Zach describes it it's almost things that you'd kind of kind of expect or give almost a pass to you know all things considered it's still like a pretty good experience things that you may not see if they had more i guess time and money if that you know um but it, I don't know, man. It, it, looking at some of the footage here and from what Zach's saying, I, 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 you know, this game hits sub twenty bucks. I'm gonna pick it up and and put it on the log and um and play it, man. That's God tells me this would be a Game Pass game at some point. I feel like I, I, don't know. I hope so, man. Because well, like it's really Game Pass would probably be the best thing for this game. And these, these are the same people that made Technomancer, right? Yeah, and that game got like threes, fours, and like fives. That and game came out. Like on on the the free game with Xbox Live type shit, it never went on Game Pass. So, but it did go. It did come out on that like that deal it was one of like one of the free games a month. 
I think on on what does this game have on Metacritic? Uh, Greedfall. That's PC. I say it was probably around sixty-five. On PC, to it's 72. got a seventy-two. Yeah. Oh, look at that! Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, and it, it dances with a lot of like you know complex issues, religion and uh, politics, and uh, you know. Um, forcing like you know forcing religion on um the natives and everything and and like con- conversion and all that and um morality like there's a, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of heavy topics in there that it deals with and and because it goes so heavy into the dialogue and everything really forces you to pay attention to all that and like i said you may not know you're making a choice that has to do with one of those things and and it does and it's it's cool to see how it all plays out does do, do the choices that you make truly truly affect the way the game goes down? Um, I believe so. From from what I did um, and then what I read um, up on some other people who have played it, like they had some of their um, some of their min, uh, min. I was gonna say minions. Some of their companions, um, either a like walk out on them because of their decisions, or they had to end up. Uh, killing their companions because of decisions that they made. Their companions didn't agree with them. Um, so, like, yeah, like, I feel like in this, like, the companions are, v- are much more heavily rooted in the factions that they're attached to. So, like, if you don't treat the natives kindly, the person who's on your team, your companion that's a native, isn't isn't going to, you know, take kindly to it um so it's it's really cool how a lot of that stuff plays out um dragon so, Age origin to be exact. yeah I, I i saw a lot of comparisons to that too and in real quick just while i have it up it has a 78 on xbox from metacritic let's see what it's got on ps4 72 yeah so 70s like 75 roughly yeah um, which is a huge jump up from um, Technomancer. Yeah. Technomancer, yeah. But yeah, definitely recommend it. Like if you guys are ever looking for, you know, it's and it's a meaty game too. It's got a lot, especially if you do everything. It took me like I would say maybe fifty to sixty hours to beat the game. No shit. Okay. Um. But yeah, like I said, you know, the facial animations and there's a lot of reused uh, environments and all that. Um, so it's basically like PUBG where like <laughs> there's like a few different types of houses. Like once you yeah. know the layouts, when you're fucking going through the houses of PUBG, you're just like, all right, I know around this corner there's going to be a room on my left and then there's an L shape and there's a room at the end of the thing. Like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> if you know, uh, even if you guys have ever watched the Noclip documentary, um, as big and as well fleshed out as the world of the Witcher three uh, feels like the, the devs are on there talking about how they did something very similar for a lot of like the villages and places in the Witcher three where like it's just simple placements of like things like beds and barrels and tables in the houses and stuff that kind of make them feel a little different. Um, even though those things are placed by hands, like, like even like the kegs that are for beer is literally just a barrel that they shrunk down and they put a tap on it. Like, that's it. Like, because they realized they didn't have any kegs of beer for the tavern. So they just shrunk down like a big barrel that you would use to like loot and then just put a little tap in it. So 
I feel like, you know, that's not uncommon for game developers to recycle assets for efficiency. E. All right. Well, I'm running just a bit short on time. So I, I, I did want to talk about uh, Death Stranding and give a little update um, on that because I'm, I don't really know like lengthwise, I guess, because the chapter I'm on is the longest. It's the fragile chapter, but I'm pretty much at the end of that. Um, but I, I, I would say I've easily put in 25 hours in the game right now because I'm doing a few more side missions and things than I expected I was going to do. Um, this game could have easily made my top five last year uh, had I been, you know, had the time to play it. Um, I was so, so, so wrong uh, and reductive about what this game was or what I thought this game could be. Um, I, I think George hit the nail on the head where it is a hard game to recommend to somebody because especially the early like hours of the game, first 10 hours are very rough. I feel like it's an intentional design choice to make you feel isolated, alone, and to really feel those struggles. But the more I play of the game, the more I want to play the game, if that makes sense. The deeper I get into the game and the systems, uh, the more like I, I want to push forward. Um, I I do think that um, there's a few things that still, that still frustrate me from time to time in the game, but uh, a lot of the um items that you get everything from like vehicles to combat options to just like quality of life um things for managing um you know your inventory or whatever i i think are um given at a pretty good pace like once you kind of make it over the hump um the story can still occasionally delve into nonsense but there's a few smaller story threads and then one big story moment that i got to that really impressed me um you know in terms of like i thought being very compelling um storytelling choices and and like really really great character moments um without saying like what happens like i got to the point where i was just saying like we found out something about fragile's past um you know specifically something that she did um that you know uh, isn't what it seems, you know, to the public and like that you kind of get that cut scene. And I thought that was phenomenal. I was like, wow, like I now love this character and I think she's one of the coolest characters in the game. Um, but uh, the thing that I think like systems wise that has most impressed me by far, um, I don't know, I'm assuming you guys played online, like connected right to the the world when you played it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it, it is a game that the more you put into the world, the more that you contribute to building bridges and roads and depositing guns, um, you know, into little packages or post offices or boots or whatever, the more the world feels like, at least to me, like it's giving back to me. Like, yeah, sure. I genu I genuinely feel connected to other players and like the the world that I'm rebuilding in the game, like as the character of Sam Bridges, but also like you know like me the player chris water but like i feel like people are um constantly giving me stuff and i'm constantly giving people stuff and uh, i still have not gotten sick of the surprise of like somebody's finished a structure um for me or like yeah, yeah i had a vehicle you know that broke down and i trudged it up to a place and then there was just a you know in the garage the share garage i was like oh here's this vehicle if anybody wants to and it's just like wow man how fucking cool you know like it's just a good like it feels good like it's it's it does something to, you know in my brain where it like you know it 
makes me feel better about like a bad situation or like like i said it really does encourage me to be less selfish like in the game and i think that's really incredible um you know it may not be for everybody but i I think you can't deny how interesting it all is you know even if you it's not your jam like um i don't know how did you guys feel about that like did you you, did you get kind of the same vibe you got to earn it is, is, is how I felt like that game. It makes you work for everything that you get in that game. So that's why I felt like that's the thing that took me a while to kind of grasp is that that game probably does one of the best jobs that I've ever seen in any video game of making you feel like a legitimate part of an intricate world. Um, Like you are, like you, you feel it, you know, that whole feeling alone, feeling like you're contributing to, to a, you know, a brighter future, a bigger picture, uh, finishing something that someone else started or vice versa. Like it makes you earn everything and it makes you, it rewards you for, for doing it too. You know, like it's so, it's so unique in that aspect. And that's kind of what I, what I grew to really appreciate. Um, and, and, and I mean, obviously I enjoy the story. Uh, I thought that was very fascinating, but that feeling like you're a very important piece of of this this larger puzzle. Um, thought that was. It's like a less shitty Farmville in some ways, where like I feel like I log in, like I do some stuff, complete some quests, I pitch in a little bit, I you know put a structure down. Crap, I don't have enough materials. And then like when I every time I log back in, like the little feed that starts going, it tells me all the shit that's happened since I've been logged off. And then just seeing how different the world is, like like it was so bleak and bare in the area that I'm in now. Um where like the crater and stuff is, uh like I mean, it, it was desolate, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't anything and like now like cuz probably cuz I'm ending, you know, coming close to the end of the chapter, like that place feels so alive. Like there's autonomous robots fucking going around. There's like entire like highway systems with exits and shit. Um, like, you know, bridges going over areas that were super pain in the ass where like to, you know, get around them, like was difficult. Um, you know, as far as vehicles go, you know, you, or you could put a ladder across the little gaps and stuff. Um, just like, I, I I can't explain it, man. I, I I it's just it's truly special, and I it is a hard sell to tell somebody like you gotta you gotta put in the like the ten or twelve hours, but it'll be worth it. But like when when I tell you if you put in the ten or twelve hours, like to get to that point, it is it is very much worth it, and it gets easier. Like I feel like you know, granted, I haven't beat the game yet or anything like that. I'm sure there's probably more trials and tribulations ahead, but um, uh, it gets easier. You feel you feel like you're more and more prepared for everything that kind of comes your way to the point that you don't really fear anything new, but yet you still respect the challenge that comes with it in a sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I love, thought like, it was really cool. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead, man. Oh, no, that's it. Like, go ahead, man. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I just wanted to piggyback what, off you what you were saying real quick. It's like, it's so cool to like go into that and look at a mountain and be like, what the fuck, man? And then, like, look over to your right and be like, but there's a rope, dude. Somebody else had this same fucking problem and helped, and helped me out. Like, it's so cool that you can go into, the, like, those situations or, 
you know, put a sign down that you need some resources to get this bridge because if you can just get or this highway, because if you could just get this highway up, man, it would make going from here to there that much easier. And like when you put that sign down and like you said, you log off and you come back on and that that highway is there because people have gone and deposited those materials like such a cool feeling that like I've never received from playing any other game before. And it's cool because sometimes you get to be the trailblazer and sometimes you get to be the one that takes advantage of the stuff, right? Yeah, but Because exactly. you've been on the receiving end of that where like somebody does have a ladder and then a rope, which instead of having to go all the way around this mountain or like, you know, brave, really steep, crazy terrain, you just kind of boop, 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 you're right up it. Like you are encouraged to like, if you're the person that has to blaze that trail, like it's like, yeah, I'm absolutely going to put a rope and a ladder here so that somebody else that's probably going to come this way has it and then you know you log back in sure enough it's like so and so used your ladder so and so used your rope so and so used your bridge like you know and like gave you likes like and it's it's very affirming to know that you weren't wrong about your you know decision to put that there that somebody did get a use out of it like even if you didn't witness the moment you know right uh, you may never use it again yeah you probably won't most of the time but you know that somebody else did it. So like it was worth, you know, doing and they appreciated it. Like they felt that same gratitude that you do, you know, when you come across something like. Yeah, that's what's cool is you you can you get a visual like representation of their gratification and and, and like it helps you in game. Like the more the more you do, the more you get. So it's it's just a really cool concept, really well done. I hope to see like future games maybe implement this somehow. It's a shame. Man, What's up? You guys are better men than me. I would, uh, if I didn't see a path, I would take my long range trike and I would Skyrim <laughs> up that mountain. I'm getting there one way or another. Fuck everyone else. That's <laughs> I'm awesome. not going around. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys i mean what what's your gut say do you think this game would have been less divisive if they had shown a little bit more of this stuff in action like i don't i I struggle because i feel like the surprise has been nice you know to uncover all this stuff like on the one hand but i wonder if more people knew like what the game would kind of look like further on as far as things that were left behind and how the the world could change that maybe it would have been easier for some people to push through like just to kind of you know know that there's something on the horizon like because the game doesn't really dangle the like that hope in front of you for a while like or give any indication that that's gonna happen I so like- I, I looked at it in a in a pretty cool way real quick george i'm sorry i didn't mean to no, go for it, man. um i looked at it like the game the game weeds that out almost like it it'll like the world would weed people out like you go into this world and like I feel like you you go in and it's bleak and you're not you you can't take it or it's I'm putting air quotes up here it's boring so you don't want to trudge through that thing, and 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 you kick the game to the curb. I almost feel like that's similar to like how the world would treat you in that game. Like if if you don't push on and you don't trudge through and everything in that world, you you're just gonna fall to the wayside and 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 be you know a, a nobody. So I feel like the surprise of the game and everything is uh, in in going into it and not knowing what to expect and then getting this, you know, wonderful like like you, like this wonderful sense of joy from from figuring out all these things that you had no idea. It's like such a such a it's like almost like a sense of glee, like that you just this game that you totally didn't expect to 
do what it did, uh, you know, took you for a, a ride that you, you know, you didn't expect. So I, I think that it benefited um, from not showing um, what it was because, you know, look at where we're still talking about it, you know, now. And I know it's just us. I don't know. There's not like a widespread conversation about it. But like, yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think it it it's, it did itself a service in in having so much uh, being shrouded in mystery, pretty much. Like I, I'm almost regret not capturing some game footage, like and making a little ten minute video of like, I almost like a condensed like explanation of like what this, like what the the systems can look like and what what you know the game looks like a little bit like. You know, so that somebody who maybe has no intention of playing it, like understands like how fundamentally, you know, it could change, um, would be inspired to like push through into it. Cause it, you know, it's like I said, I think this would have made my top five for sure. It had yeah, I played it. Um that, you know, that's a cool a idea. I think, I think what I would say about this is that from a business perspective, yeah, for sure. They didn't do a game of this they did the game a disservice by not you know kind of laying out what was to come, you know, and, and setting those expectations. The game, you know, for people like you and I, right, we, at first, I, like, when the game was, before it came out, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get it. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's intriguing. I, I need to know. And then reviews came out. I was like, I don't know, man. This seems like a big ask. Um, um, you know, and kind of just turned off by it. And then I kind of got it almost by chance, right? Do you think you got it because you found a good deal on it? I got it because the wife bought it for me. So from from a business perspective, I think so. I think they might maybe would have. I don't know how the sales went, but I think they probably could have been better um, if the game was more appealing without having to make such a big commitment to get something out of it. Now, yeah, that's fair. From from I guess Kojima's perspective, I mean, this game in a way is very much art, right? Like it's it is a it is a full production. It is his baby. It is very much like a work of art. And some people hate it. Some people love it. So part of me is also like, this is how he wanted it to be experienced. You know, like he knew what he was doing. You know, this is the experience that he wanted to put out. Um, and, you know, if you made that commitment and if you kind of got through it, you know, you'd appreciate the game that much more. Um had all this been teased and shown to us and we kind of knew what to expect, I don't know if we um, would have got the same thing out of it. Yeah, it would have made the experience less pure, probably. Now, so, do you think that if they did market it like that and they did tell you what the game was going to have and, like, uh, you know, how much, you know, easier the game would be as you go and, like... Yeah. Do you think that people would have played the game and in those first 10 hours where it's not the easiest to get around and do all that, they would have been like, ah, it's not, I'm not even worth trying to get to that because it's I'm 10 hours in and I'm not even there yet. Do you think like maybe that's why? Because it does take a little bit longer to get there that they didn't want to put it out like that because maybe then, you know, without telling you how long it's going to take to get there and everything, you, you kind of just get those upgrades by surprise. So you're like, oh man, finally, I, I got something that's going to help me out instead of waiting for that moment. I feel happen. a bit torn. I feel like a lot of the, what makes the, the first 10 hours of that game um, feel so long to it. It's like the amount of cutscenes that you get is unbelievable I mean, yeah, a lot. in the opening. 
And like I get they're establishing the world. I think they could have spread that stuff out just a bit more, maybe. Um, yeah. So I think like because I feel like it's hard to get into a rhythm of the gameplay for a while in that game uh, because of the um, just the way that the, how long the cutscenes are, how the the quest structure is. Um, what, you know, once things really start to open up, it feels a little better. Like you can get a better sense of the game and what it feels like to, to walk around and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm torn. Um, yeah, I I agree with that. I thought the cutscenes were. I mean, they're excellent, excellent, well done. But I thought they were a little bit exhausting, and I would find myself like, oh shit, here's a cutscene. Let me lay down, you know, and watch it for for a bit, you know, rather than kind of like it would, it would definitely disrupt the flow of the game but i don't with such an such a deep and weird story i don't know that you'd be able to tell it as well if you if you if you try to tell it through more more gameplay and less cutscenes. i I don't disagree with the amount of cutscenes that are in it i think just the way that they're spaced out like in the opening is um it's crazy i'll tell you how crazy it is like one of my friends from a, a mutual uh facebook group um posted her like she's doing like a replay through of it on um twitch and then posting the the youtube i was just curious to kind of like go back and look at like you know the early moments and just randomly going through her three hour opening like video on youtube like and trying to find like gameplay footage everywhere that i stopped like with you know swiping over with my finger was a fucking cutscene. like that i found like it took me like ages to find gameplay like everywhere i bounced around like it was a cut i was like jesus god man fucking three hour video she has like all i can find is cut scenes and i think that's pretty telling you know what i mean that it took me that long to like land on gameplay but um so i i think you, you wouldn't need to necessarily trim the cut scenes that are there just maybe again spacing them out a little bit more to like like there's certain story beats I don't think like would have taken away from the game had you put them a little further into it. You know what I mean? Like the, when you go out with those guys in the truck, for example, and there's the void out and stuff like that, you know, doesn't lend anything or take anything away from the game, like uh, by putting it somewhere else. Um, yeah. I'm so, just so uh, glad I found out you can skip the shower scenes and the bathroom scenes and all that. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, I, oh yeah. That is stupid. That is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Because I want those poopy grenades, but I don't need to. I don't need to watch them poop. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, and and then man, come on, man. Having to drink Monster Energy drinks over and over to get my stamina back up. Like, come on. Nah, man. I got that uh, that good beer now. So I don't. I don't fuck with Monster anymore. I got the uh, Timefall <laughs> Porter or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's all I got for Destiny for now. I just wanted to you know give credit where it was due i felt like it was important because i you know, was one of the people saying like i don't know how this game looks is it you know overhyped and everything and um so like it was important to to report back and say you know what like i i do think it's a cool special game i don't think it's for everybody but um it's undeniably like unique and uh it's doing it for me i will definitely see it through to completion so. on the next episode of ecg games podcast watch as chris eats a live crow a lot, yeah. <laughs> there we go, man. Yep. Um, Bobby, did you? Uh, I know, man. You've had a hell of a couple of weeks. Did, is there anything that you wanted to touch on really quickly before we kind of wind down? Like, hell uh, yeah, Bobby. Hell yeah! Uh, I need you to go into a deep dive on Fox. <clears throat> at I, um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, nobody heard any of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, great episode. We can wrap it up. That was fun. <laughs>
It's all good. Yeah, man. Uh, is there anything that you want to ask? I know you were playing a little bit of Death Stranding. Um, is there anything you wanted to ask about that or, or Greedfall? Like maybe like, you know, like. The only thing I, I was thinking about was uh, I saw Control is 35 bucks. Uh, so play that game. It's yeah, worth 35 bucks. I Do mean, it. I just wish I'd finish it, but yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, one, day, one day. Or you can take my advice and just don't buy any games until you, you have played the ones that you've you've purchased or that you know you're going to play. That strategy That's has worked impossible. out. It, it's worked out so well for me. Now, dude, it's true, though. Like, I don't buy a game until I'm done with the ones that I'm playing. Like, there's so many Switch games that I want to buy that I just haven't because, like, I'm, I'm working on my stuff. And, like, I did a calculation of the amount of money I saved in, like, a calendar year when I started doing that. And it was stupid. I was like, wow, bro. Like, Damn. the amount yeah, I spent from this year to the previous. What's that? I said, you just said you got a lot of power that I don't. Uh, self-control yeah i mean hey you know it's but it, uh because it, it, my my thought process how i talked myself up to it was like i don't need i'm like it's not like I, i'm telling myself this is like you know a fear of missing out kind of thing but like if i'm not playing it i'm still missing out i'm the difference is i'm just i have less money in my pocket like i'm still missing out because i'm not fucking playing the game and i have less money in my pocket and then you know i was like hey when i want to play that game it'll be there for purchase and it'll probably be cheaper probably way cheaper depending on the game sometimes so um i encourage any of you listeners if you find yourself with that problem of like a backlog that just gets bigger and bigger and you find yourself buying stuff day one if you know you're not going to play a day one don't buy a day one my advice to you um so little public service announcement here on east coast games oh a couple things i wanted to, to 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 plug out there for any listeners and for you guys so there's actually a couple games um big games that are coming out that are actually quite on sale Right now, if you uh, pre-order them, so um, Marvel's Adventure Avengers and mm. um, Cyberpunk are right now fifty dollars. If you pre-order them on Amazon, there's absolutely no harm in doing so, as Amazon will not charge you until the game ships. So you've got nothing to lose by just adding it to your cart and ordering it, and you could always cancel it later if you want. But fifty bucks for those games, not bad at all yeah good 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 tip man um i might look into that because i know at least one of those i will be playing day one so um cool well let's plug uh, what we've been doing and get the heck out despite my best efforts the episode still went over an hour so that's okay um i'm streaming uh on mondays and thursdays regularly including uh today we're recording this on a thursday night been playing bloodstained ritual of the night i really enjoy it for the most part there are some really annoying uh controller like input uh issues in the game that i think hinder my enjoyment especially i just played one of the hardest bosses in the game and uh you can check out that video on the twitch channel it took me an hour and 45 minutes when it probably should have taken me closer to like an hour or 45 minutes to beat the boss um just because of some of the issues i was having but overall really fun uh, we'll probably move on to a different game here next week um and that's it you can follow me on twitch at it's waterman um george uh anything you want to plug no man i just i picked up uh, nba 2k because it was uh it was cheap um great game i haven't played one of these games in a long time really good gameplay but i mean the whole thing with the virtual currency is just fucking garbage it's awful and, it's god awful yeah. like it's such a shame and not to mention that the whole game is built on a whole create a player thing online where you're playing in a playground and there's all this stuff. It's really cool. Problem is you just picked up the game recently. Like I did your character is shit and nobody wants to play with you. Nobody wants to play with someone that has like 
you know, lesser stats and whatnot. So it's and unfortunately, it made a mistake of not separating these lobbies or playgrounds by your stats or by your skill set, which is a shame. But um, yeah, man. But otherwise, it's a really cool. That's what I've been playing lately. But I don't see myself playing it too long with being at such a disadvantage. But that's it. Other than that, got nothing else. Very good. Um, how about you, uh, Bobby or Zach? Uh, you can find me. Uh, this is Bobby. Uh, Robbie Bobby Miller on Twitch. <laughs> I, I'm finishing my setup. It's been a long process. We've had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so hopefully my show will start uh, in 2020. Uh, we're hoping for. Uh, but I got the green screen. I got the mic stand now. So I'm hoping uh, we can get everything. I shaved my beard off, which was uh, heartbreaking. Uh, so, and then I forgot that that's my... Uh, that's my picture image, so I'm trying to grow back now. So, yeah. <laughs> Make sure good. you follow him on Twitter so you can track all his achievements on cross PlayStation. Yes. Yes. Including, including Foxyland. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, last but not least, Zach, uh, what, what do we got, man? Anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get on my, my Twitter. Uh, it's Optimus Prime. It's O-P-T-I uh, M. M U S P R I M M E E, I believe. Pretty sure. Yeah. For shame. For shame. <laughs> He's trying delete. to remember. Forgot it said it's spelled <laughs> improperly spelled it. Up. <laughs> I, I have it. I so you the reason it, why I forget it so much is because like I have Optimus Prime as like my gamer tag and a million different handles everywhere. But like some of them had some spellings taken while other ones didn't. So like one version will have two M's in Optimus, but not in Prime. And like it confuses me all the time. So I just get mixed up. Very good. I'm just giving you crap, buddy. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, give us a you know a rating if you if you guys have a little extra time on your hands on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Um, and of course, a like and a share. That's the best of all. Share. You know, just share it with somebody. Um, you know, I don't care, friend, brother, sister, dad, whoever, um, you know, just, uh, just give us a shout out. You know, we appreciate that so, so much. And, um, until next time we love you guys. <laughs>